Hey, everyone, and welcome back to The One Thing Podcast. I'm Nikki Miller. And I'm Chris Dixon. And today we have a very special guest, John Rulin, who is going to be talking to us about his new book, Giftology, as well as the science. There is an actual science to gifting. This was such an interesting conversation, Chris, and I don't think that I've ever put as much thought or effort into gifting. And now I'm rethinking my entire strategy, both in business and personally. Agreed. I think it's great because I know I have had this experience and I'm sure all you listeners out there have had a similar, which is, you know, someone in your world who's done this really well. You've either been impacted by it or seen it, but it's great to see that there's a system you can consider and be a little bit more intentional about sending gifts and being thoughtful and how that impacts your relationships and your business. And I really appreciated what John shared about how he thinks about this and how you can be more intentional with gifting. I also really appreciate him walking us through for those that are maybe newer in their business or or younger in their gifting journey, so to speak, that it doesn't have to be that there's not a, an equilibrium between expense and the quality of gift or quality of the feeling that you get. You can give really great gifts without overspending. Absolutely. I, I really appreciate what he shared about this kind of balance that you can attempt to to find for yourself with being thoughtful and individualizing, but also you, if you intend to build a business, how this can be scalable for you as well. For sure. Let's go listen to John. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The One Thing Podcast. We are so excited to have John Rulin, author of Giftology, here. And John, I just got to tell people the story of how we met, sort of met. This is our first time actually getting to chat. But I, I was at home with a group of friends, and it was a Friday, and I had a bunch of friends in my kitchen. It just so happens that I had four of my friends over, all of whom are business owners and, and run different types of businesses, attorney, doctor, real estate-related, all different types of businesses, service-related. And, and I got a knock on my door, and it was a package. And I get this package and they're like, oh, you got clothes or you got on Amazon. What's in the box? I'm like, I don't remember ordering anything, but I'll open it up. There's no secrets in this house. And I opened it up and it was this beautiful little black box. And I thought, what the heck is this? I didn't order this. And I opened it up and it was a video of you saying, a personal video of you saying, hey, uh, we got connected by Jay Papazan, the co-author of The One Thing. And this is my book. I'm super excited to connect with you. And I swear it was dead silence in my kitchen. And at once, everyone was like, who is that? What is that book? I'm ordering it right now. So I just want to tell you that this science of gifting works. And I was so impressed with getting that first impression of you. And it made me all the more excited to actually get you on the podcast. So thank you for being here. And yeah. I'm so excited to talk about your the, the science of gifting, how you approach this, and the impact that you have on people. So thank, thanks for being our guest today. No, that's great. I, I love those stories. They never get old. Uh, my my love language, ironically, isn't if you follow Gary Chapman stuff, isn't the isn't gifting. It's actually words of affirmation. So oh. you just filled you just filled my cup uh, <laughs> okay, this morning. Good. So uh, so so thank you for that. But uh, but yeah, the the book the well, you know this like you know being in the the speaker author you know world like there's thirty thousand new books that show up on Amazon every week. New titles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's like it's like real estate. Like how many real estate agents are there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and most of it's noise. And so like, we're like, we have to do something different. 
And so we create, came up with a $300 version of our book, which people freak out over, even though people spend $300 on a bottle of wine and never think twice about it. So it's, uh, it's fun to see the impact of not just impacting you, but like now there's four other people that maybe are, you know, giftology disciples uh, from one little touch. So, well, what's sharing. amazing is that we're going to talk about how you approach this today. And you got five book sales standing in my kitchen. That one video had this ripple effect. And I imagine that they're going to become customers of yours at some point because people want to make impact like that. And you're right. I don't think in the book space, there are so many books. I mean, that's that's the story of why Jeff Bezos started Amazon. He said, what's, what's the thing that's got a lot of product I could sell? And it was books. But that's yeah. everything now. I mean, there's there's not a whole lot of spaces left untouched where you can say, I am the only person in this space. So I think that it goes back to how important it is to be able to make an impact, which is which is from my perspective, probably why you why you started Giftology. Can you can you tell us the story of how this came about? Yeah. Well, most people, whether you're real estate, insurance, you know, any business, nobody's like waking up doing their miracle morning saying, Man, I, you know, I gotta get my gifting strategy together. <laughs> You know, like most people, it's like my operations, my sales, my finance. Um, but every business rises and falls on one thing, and that's relationships. And you have to build strategic, memorable, unique relationships. And so in real estate, everybody wants more referrals, but they're like, I, I did a great job selling the home. Why am I not getting more people going out there advocating? And I'm like, well, it's because you have passive loyalty. They take for granted that you're going to sell their house. Like, right? Like nobody's like, oh my gosh, my house sold. Like, of course. That's what they hired somebody, you to do. Yeah. That's what you hire. You know, like it's like a builder being like, oh my gosh, my you know, my windows don't leak. Well, of course, like the half million dollar house or a quarter million dollar house or two million dollar house. So the things in business most people take for granted, it's transactional. Like I give you a hundred dollars, you give me a great steak, you know, dinner. Like nobody's like, oh my gosh, I spent a hundred dollars and I got this amazing meal. It's like, well, of course, I spent a hundred bucks on it. And so what most people tend to not understand is you have to create moments, stories where people feel seen and understood and cared for. And like this, the steak example is great. Like if I go to a steak dinner and spend $500, like great, I'm not going to tell a hundred people, but if they know my wife likes a certain kind of chocolate and they surprise us with a special dessert at the end made from this chocolate cost them what, five bucks, maybe three bucks. But I'm going to tell that story to a hundred people because they surprised and delighted us with this moment, this act of kindness that was totally unexpected. And so the surprise and delight element is all we're really talking about. Like most people, when they're doing their gift, like nobody's taking their clients to like the Motel 6 or like McDonald's, but people are doing their gifting. They're like, hey, I want to do something for 50 bucks from China with my logo on it. Well, that's not going to wow anybody. That's By the way, that's not even a gift. That's swag. And so understanding that the bar is really low on physical gifting because people do it horribly wrong. And so we looked at it. You know, I, I grew up on a farm. I'm very practical. I grew up milking goats, not the most sexy thing. I didn't grow up around a lot of nice gifts. I grew up in Ohio. And, uh, but I had a mentor who is this law firm owner and he was a rainmaking law firm owner. Like, and part of the reason he had so many referrals is because he was always giving things away. He was super generous. Like he'd find a deal on noodles and literally like everybody at church the next Sunday would walk away with like a case of noodles. I'm like, Paul, that was 40 grand on noodles. Like, are you insane? Like I'm 20. I'm like, I just, that was like two semesters worth of college to me you know, this poor farm kid, but I saw how everybody just came his direction, like all the deals in town, like he just was a, a magnet for opportunity because of his generosity. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like a tactical thing. It wasn't like, if I do this, then I'll get like 2.7 times more referrals. It's just who he was. But I interned with, you know, Cutco at 20 as a desperation measure to pay for med school. 
And anybody that thinks that selling houses or insurance or loans is hard, like, you know, pitching your girlfriend's dad who owns this big law firm, Knives, the most <laughs> weird, awkward conversation on the planet, right? I'm 20, 21. So I buy, you know, I pitch him the knives. He buys a set for himself and his three unmarried daughters. And I know a lot of people in real estate know what Cutco is, but I came back to him. This is 23 years ago. And I'm like, you're always giving things away to your clients that are CEOs of these big like lumber yards, home builders, whatever else. And they're all into the hunting, fishing, outdoors. They're like, they're like manly men in the Midwest. Yeah. And I thought maybe, you know, Paul will have mercy on me and order the $200, $300 pocket knives and give them out to people. So I pitch him, you know, awkward as all get out before church on a Sunday. And he said, John, I don't order the pocket knives. I'm like, I get it. Like, I'm like kind of embarrassed. And he said, I do want to order something though. I'm like, what? He's like, I want to order a hundred of the paring knives, for like two, 300 bucks. I'm like, why do you want to give a bunch of kitchen tools to a bunch of dudes? I'm like, I'll sell as many as you want. I'm obviously desperate as this 21 year old. And he said, John, the reason I'm more referrals, deal flow access. I found that if you take care of the family and business and really surprise and delight them, that's like everything else in business takes care of itself. Yeah. So that was the moment that I realized it wasn't about the stupid knives. Although to this day, our agency still does millions of dollars in the knives. But so many people have tried to rip off and duplicate what we're doing. And they they do giftology-ish. And they, they're they like, oh, it's the knife thing. Well, they slam their logo on a bunch of knives and give them out to people. And they're like, I'm not getting more referrals. And I'm like, why'd you put your logo on it? Are you like, would you ever go to somebody's wedding, your best friend's wedding and on the beautiful Tiffany's vase, you know, put Keller Williams on it? <laughs> like mm-hmm. nobody would do that for their best friend's wedding. Why would we do that in business and call branding and marketing? What we're really doing is we're trying to manipulate that person. Yeah. So w- over the last 23 years, what we've gotten really good at is understanding the psychology in Robert Cialdini's book, done a beautiful job of backing it up with research of like, you know, influence or persuasion. And most people... They cut corners, they get the details wrong. And what they don't realize is they're damaging relationships. But nobody's ever going to say, I thought less of you as a person when you sent me like a $10 bottle of wine and my dad's an alcoholic. And I'm I'm never going to refer you business. I'm never going to tell you that. But there's all of these different like micro decisions and micro moments that are happening as we're building relationships. And they either like get somebody to say, man, I love this guy, this gal, like I'll run through walls for him. Or you know what? They're okay. If somebody asks me, maybe I'll tell them their name, but there's a big difference between active oil and passive loyalty. And so those are the sorts of things that we're getting into and talking about. It's not about the stupid gift. It's about how you're making somebody feel, which fears, you know, very woo-woo. And so we realize, like almost everybody makes their decisions emotionally. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's a lot of the, the playbook that we're talking about today. I, I'm curious if, if I can, that it may sound obvious to ask, but you mentioned the distinction between uh, a gift and what could be swag and a few other kind of examples. Like maybe you could define and in, in for us, in your opinion, like what is a gift? And you kind of naturally go to a physical object or something, but could it be more than that? And I'm curious yeah. what you think. Yeah. Well, people ask like, what's better, a gift or an experience? Because right? mm-hmm. a lot of people will take their clients out to a nice dinner. Or they'll take them to a... Like if you think about all industries... Almost everybody entertains the same way. We go to dinners, rounds of golf, ball game tickets. Maybe if they're you're like oil and gas, it's hunting trips. But it's usually some sort of like, and nobody's like doing that at a level like two. Like they're like it's like it's a suite, it's courtside seats, it's whatever. And so really, all of those things are just acts of love. Like if you look at Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages, like nothing's new under the sun. Like we all like the way God's wired us is that we want to like feel loved and appreciated, whether you're a billionaire or whether you're a janitor, whether you're in Texas or in Africa, 
And so really all of these different things are just acts of love. It could be words of affirmation, which oftentimes with a, with a, in a business scenario is a handwritten note. I won't allow a single thing to go out of our agency for a client or a client's client or an employee without a handwritten note. And people are like, John, can't we just automate this on Amazon? I'm like, if it feels automated or it feels like marketing, that's not a gift. A gift is like your grandma like knows you well enough and picks something out for you in your size and wraps it up in beautiful paper. And like we all have that special person in our life that like takes the time to know us, care about us, know what we like, not like. And then like oftentimes the handwritten note, like if you're going to give a Rolex to somebody, like you could just throw the money at it. But that watch, if it's somebody that has wealth, they can go buy their own Rolex. Usually it's the personalization of it. Like maybe it's a Bible verse. Maybe it's like their mission statement. Maybe it's a quote from their grandfather who passed away but served in the military. But the note provides the meaning, the thoughtfulness, all of those connection points to where now it's a story. Now it's an, an artifact where if their house was on fire, they're not grabbing the most valuable things. They're grabbing from a cost perspective. They're grabbing the things that are irreplaceable. And usually that's like pictures, your flag. But we have some things that we're give that, that clients are giving out to people. And Jay can speak to this because he he heard about it. We I used to make fun of like mugs as being the worst possible gift on the planet. And then this artist made this $2,000 mug for me called an artifact mug for me and my wife, surprised us both, drove nine hours to deliver it, and made us both cry. Here's why it's two grand. Carved into this piece is my faith, core values, family, legacy, who believed in me first. On my wife's, it was her... It, her on the farm with her dad who passed away of cancer. It was like a lifetime achievement award. And so like we have, you know, like we've been blessed. We have like really expensive jewelry and whatever in our house. I can tell you if my, if our house is on fire, this is one of the things that my wife would grab. Why? Because it feels irreplaceable. It's like everything that's carved in, like, it's like, like uh, literally like one of those artifacts where you're like, this is like insurance is going to replace the jewelry and the things that are just things. But like you grab the things that are the most meaningful to have a story. And that's where people are like, John, I, I'm a great gift giver. I'm like, no, you're great at swag. You're great at giving stuff that's cool. But people don't grab the cool stuff. They grab the meaningful stuff. And so that's where like people try to duplicate. And it's not that like, if you read the book Giftology, like we give the whole playbook away. But, but people have been conditioned to think about branding and marketing and all these other things that are fine. But you don't capture somebody's heart and soul because of like cool branding or marketing. You capture it because of like this in-depth understanding of who they are and what makes them tick as a human. And when you capture that level of a person, like that's where Tim Ferriss's concept of like 1,000 true fans or any of these people, you get one person like that, that, that like feel seen and understood, they will go close more deals for you than you could ever close or a thousand sat... Like I don't care what somebody's satisfied customer. I want somebody that like, wants to run through walls for me. And so does everybody else that's in business. We want people that are like, oh my gosh, I, I love this person. I want them to win. That's very different than somebody who's on your client list. Uh, I love this concept because it, it's along the lines of something that I've been seeing very consistently lately in, in the world of real estate. And not lately. Uh, this is something I see all the time. We do a lot of training. I specifically in my organization do a lot of training to real estate agents who, who are trying to express value in a marketplace that feels very saturated. And so when we ask somebody, well, what is your value proposition? Like, why should someone work with you? invariably, they 9.9 .9 times out of 10, they're going to start off with something like, 
I am really honest and I communicate really well and uh, I'm going to take really good care of you. And I'm like, okay, those are minimum standards. You, you have to do that. You have to do that in order to maintain your customer. That is literally what you signed up for. And I want to go back to what you said earlier, which is that's the service that people expect. And this is all about doing the unexpected. And I think what's probably lost here is that in order to do the unexpected, you have to think about how to do the unexpected. But above all, you have to, like, all of this comes back to the examples you've given of you have to get to know your customer. I mean, that person who, who made you that incredible mug that you cherish and and tell stories about like they had to get to know you at some point and yeah. and I would love to hear how how do you strategically do this in what might feel like a transactional relationship to a lot of people yeah well here's the cool thing is that the bar is really low right <laughs> like like in this area specifically like if you try to compete on like who has nicer billboards or who has a nicer car or who has nicer brochures or who has a nicer office like that's a like everybody's already at a, like a level 10, right? Like nobody is like, you know, driving their like, you know, beater around. Like if somebody's at a, in a top 1% or a top 10% of a category of any industry, real estate included, like that's not where you're going to stand out. My car is nicer than your car. My business card is nicer than your business card. Like that's not so, but, but on the personal side, like most of the time people, they don't understand what makes a human tick. And so my originally mentor, Paul, like when he was engaging with people, whether it was the receptionist or the CEO, he was like paying attention to what I call the inner circle and what, what he just did naturally. Most people are like, who's the decision maker? Like, is it the, you know, is it the mom, the dad, the man, the woman, like whatever else? And he was like, who's around that person? So like 80% of our budget when we're engaging with somebody is not targeted at the decision maker, the CEO or the executive. It's their spouse. It's their significant, it's the team, the people around them. It's their kids and their pets. And so we'll do some, some programs for some clients where we're doing the same thing for 10,000 people. But what we tapped into was the fact that they're all pet owners. And most people are trying to like compete over here. And meanwhile, like, what do they care about? Well, they care about their loved ones, the people around them. And a lot of times people care about their pets more than they care about other humans, right? And so like, I remember like we were, we were working with a, or somebody was working with a, a Fortune 150 insurance company and through you know research we found out this svp like had a dog named winston well like he's already got a fifty thousand dollar watch on his wrist and all his other stuff we sent like a 75 dollar like water bowl that was personalized to winston and you would have thought we sent him a brand new car that <laughs> wasn't you know no logo on it. it was personalized to winston he still talks about it to this day years later not because it was the most expensive but because it was the most thoughtful and so a lot of the things that we're tapping into are like, just like when we say, like we do still a lot with the knives and like we did a set for uh, Tony Robbins for a client and people are like, didn't like, even the client was like, really, we're gonna do knives with Tony Robbins. I'm like, dude, I said, Pete, do you trust me? And Pete's like, well, yeah, we trust you. We trust you with all of our relationships. I said, well, here's what we're gonna do for Tony. I said, we're gonna take Kaiko's biggest knife set. It's gonna be a $10,000 package. And on all 40 of the knives, every knife is going to have a different quote from either Tony or Sage over the last 40 years that they've spoken into existence. So it's going to be like an heirloom. And you're going to speak into this video that's going to talk about like seven generations from now, your, Tony and Sage, your great grandkids are going to be celebrating the millions and tens of millions of people that have been impacted by your relationships. And as you break bread, be reminded of what matters. So we sent this off. They didn't hear anything for four months. And then Sage reached out to the client in tears. 
Now they could buy a thousand of those knife sets. It wasn't about the stupid knives. It was about the messaging. It was about the engraving. It was about the personalization, the heirloom, the legacy. Guess what? Every single person who leads a company cares about their legacy. They care about their family. They care about the heirlooms. They care about their, their, their great grandkids. So we can take similar delivery vehicles, but we have to tap into those little minute things that connect it to them. And then like they might already have a hundred of whatever it is, but that becomes the one that they're going to use because it's so unique and personal to them. And that's where like you can have scalable thoughtfulness, but you have to have a recipe. You have to have a process of like filtering through and saying like, what's common amongst humanity? Like people are like, John, like, how did you know I like to, to cook? And I'm like, everybody eats and breaks bread with their loved ones in their home. Like that's pretty universal. So people will be like, shortcut that. And like, I'm going to slam my logo on an oven mitt. I'm like, that's yeah. not the same as making the Robins cry. It's it, it, like, you think you're in the same sandbox, you're not. And so that's the, that's the nuance and the art and the science of it is understanding like, yes, there's these cool things that you can use as a delivery vehicle, but you better like understand what makes that person tick. And most of the time it's very similar things, but it's unique to them. And that's where it's like the act of listening and asking the follow-up question or building the relationship with their assistant. So in case you don't have the info, you can get to the info to get those little details to now make it like, holy crap, man, I didn't even know that you, how did you know that? Um, That's what you want them asking. Like, I I didn't even mention that. It's like, no, you didn't mention that. But But I knew your sister. I knew your brother. It's like that level of attention to detail and follow up and follow through is where the gold is. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash O-N-E-5-0 and use code O-N-E-5-0 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. If somebody is, is listening, they're, they're hearing the different examples of, of ways that they could have this level of impact. Do you find it valuable for them to uh, maybe go like dig at the root of their intention a little bit too and go backwards and just say like, hey, like if my what's my intention here to create more sales or is my intention to create connection and form relationships and then come from that place first? Thousand percent. You can tell like... If uh, if somebody's a douchebag and they give great gifts, they're, <laughs> they're, they're still a douchebag. It's kind of what I was getting at. You got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you know if you're not if you don't if you come at it and and I remember like we had a conversation with Vaynerchuk and and I was on his show and we were talking back and forth and it was like what happens when you do the thing like you know the crazy thing and it doesn't work are you pissed and if you're pissed then the other person feels that, right? They can tell that you, were, you weren't giving a gift open-handed. You weren't doing something to deepen the relationship. 
It's like giving your spouse something and expecting something that night. That wasn't a gift. That was a manipulation. Mm. And so, yes, we're all in business to make money. But if you view this as like a fun game of like, I get to go build relationships and love on people. And I know if I reinvest, like, you know, our, our budget for most of our clients is 10 to 15% of net profits back into relationships. Well, if you realize that it's net profit, you're, they're basically buying their own gifts. Like, this is like, you get to keep 85 cents on the dollar. So like, you can't be pissed if you do something for somebody and they're like, no response, no anything. Like, you're just making a deposit back of something that they've already made a deposit in you. And if you can do that, like, I'm just going to love on relationships. And I know the way the world's wired, if I put a dollar in into relationships, it's going to come back to me tenfold or a hundredfold, but it might take 10 years. It might not even be them. It might be like somebody else. And like, like, but it will come back if you stay in the game long enough. But the intentions for sure, like people can read between the lines and tell, like, I'm trying to like manipulate this person and I'm pissed when I don't get the referral. I'm pissed when I don't get the deal. And that's the opportunity to, to, to like, be in a position of like power and be like, I don't need your business. Would I love to work with you for sure? But like I have, like we have our clients sending so many things that so so frequently they can't possibly keep track. But enough of them turn into oak trees where they don't even worry about the ones that fell on soil and turned into nothing. They they got ate by the crows. Who cares? I'm focused on those ones that turned into oak trees. That's more than enough to take care of. And so yes, the intentions for sure matter. And I didn't realize that early on, I was like, the same person's doing the exact same giftology program. One person's getting like 10x, one person's getting like 2x. Why is it? Well, it's who they're being. The, the mm. person who's giving the gift, like if you get something from Gary Keller, you get something from Jay Papazon, you get something from some random person, they're going to feel different, even if it's the same thing being given. Why? Because part of the essence of who they are is rubbing off on and, and making part of that the impact of like, wow, I got something from. CEO of an amazing company. Just like me, if I get something from Gary Vaynerchuk versus like some random dude, like I've never met before, like the, the person, like that's part of the gift. So no question, the intentions, all that kind of stuff. It sounds woo-woo, but we all know that like who it comes from matters and who mm. you are and how you're showing up matters. I think this is such an important conversation because it, it it goes back to not what you said, that the intention matters so much. And I think it's also that the attention matters so much too. Like the, what you said before about the attention to detail. And a lot of times we're giving gifts to people if we, especially if we work in something like real estate or like a law, some of the examples that you gave, where we're probably dealing with higher net worth individuals, they have stuff. Like they don't need more stuff. They they want the experience and they want to know that you've seen them. And I and I would guess, and I'd love to hear if you have stories on this. I would guess that you can do this the wrong way if you don't have the right attention. And I'll, I'll say for me, I remember I was getting recruited to a bigger company and, and we had had many, many conversations and I was like seriously considering it. And then the, the executive sent me a Rolex, which most people would be like, oh my God, they like sent you this like crazy watch. And I was kind of annoyed to be honest because it's just not that's not something that I would have wanted it's not something I would use or wear and I was like what a ridiculous expenditure of of money and I get why why it happened but I literally ended up selling it donating the money in the company's name and sending them the certificate back and it was the deciding factor of why I decided not to go and I thought to myself interesting that they didn't 
take the time to know the person enough that they what what was with the best of intentions actually had the reverse outcome. And I'd be yeah. curious to see if you hear that a lot. Yeah. Well, um, you're giving them the benefit of the doubt that they had good intentions. Yeah, I probably. Think a lot of times people, I think a lot of times people like try to, um, instead of being more thoughtful and more creative, they try to just buy their loyalty. Yeah. Right? They, which is really bright. Like some level of like, you're like, oh, I'm going to buy my, you know, you see this in, in Fortune 500 companies. Like if you're sending, doing something really thoughtful for a few grand, okay. You send somebody like a hundred thousand dollar like bass boat. That's not a gift. That's a bribe, Right. <laughs> And part of it is the intention behind it. And part of it is like, you know, what it's communicating. And I, and I think there is an element of like, when some, now if somebody had known that you like loved a Rolex or that you'd always wanted one or like created right. some sort of element or story around it and tied it into your faith or your like some sort of legacy play, then you would have received it probably different versus just like, totally. I'm going to like, yeah, here's the, a Rolex. Yeah. Here's a Rolex. <laughs> like I said, like, Without the handwritten note, without the meaning, the story, the context, it's just a thing, an expensive thing. And it, and it could go either way. It could be like, wow, this is really cool. Because wow, it's like, like, they don't really know me. And in this case, and I think a lot of cases, and I, you, you did the classy thing of like, sell it, give the money to charity, whatever else. But a lot of times people just keep internally, they're like, this person just doesn't care about me, doesn't know me, you know, doesn't respect me, doesn't appreciate me. All of those feelings tend to be internal. And so, yeah, I mean, I've seen people like, all the time, like to send out a gift. Like we had, it was a headhunter uh, firm and uh, they gave out, I think it was an $8 bottle of wine or something. And they, the client was so pissed. They're like, they think they lost the business for money. They really like, when we got this $8 bottle of wine, we're like, first, we don't drink. Second, we looked it up, it was eight bucks. And we paid them a $100,000 placement fee for this person. And they never, but we, like, we felt mean, like literally writing a note saying like, you lost all future business based upon your unthoughtful thing that you did for me. Yeah. And, uh, but we've seen it where people are like trying to do mass gifting and we had one, it was for prospects and it was, it was knives again. And uh, the response was, if you start engraving my new wife's name on the, the tools, I'll probably take the meeting. So they're engraving X. They, the data was so oh, old. and oh, so bad. No. <laughs> it was personalized with ex spouses names on it. And it was like, Oh, no. oh my gosh. Now here's the now here's the, the so the, cringy. No, so cringy. The uh, they were targeting like Fortune 500 COO CEOs for investment in their in their real estate fund, and the guy who was head of sales was living in the neighborhood of some of these executives, so he was mortified. And so um, everything is safe. I, I I reminded them like nobody's going to prison, nobody died. Like you're not a surgeon, you're not like a lawyer. Your client didn't go to prison. I said, what are we going to do here? And he was like, we're not doing anything. I said, that's the wrong response. I said, yeah. they reached out to you. I, I said, like, there's an opportunity here to like double down and show who you are. Yeah. And, uh, and so the, uh, the owner was like, okay, we're going to follow through on John's recommendation. So he didn't have it come from the SVP of sales. He had it come from owner. And we tripled the size of the gift, engraved the new spouse's name on it and said, hey, we're sorry. We had our data wrong. And, uh, and so they made it a good thing that a mistake was made. And they like invested even more money to say like, no, like this is who we are. And one of them was a COO of a fortune 100 company. And they ended up investing a half a million dollars in the deal about a year later. Cause they're like, most people would have ran from that. You guys yeah. like tripled down. So there's like all of these things, like there's a way, like even when you do it wrong, like, like that, that the beautiful thing is when stuff hits the fan, people get to see who you really are. And so I, I try to remind people like, you know, like nobody's like killing puppies here. Like 
we're dealing with, <laughs> with humans with gifts. And sometimes it's gonna, you're gonna do something, even with the best of intent. And maybe you didn't realize their, their parent died, their kids in the hospital, they're going through a divorce. And so many people in sales oftentimes are like so thin skinned that they do something and they get a few bad responses or no responses. And they're like, this doesn't work. Or that I'm like, no, you're dealing with humans. Like, be thoughtful, be intentional, have a plan, have a relationship plan. Like I ask people how many times they have a relationship plan. They're like, it's like crickets. <laughs> you have a, a you have a plan on where you're gonna go to vacation, you have a plan on what you're gonna work out and what you're gonna eat. Like map out a relationship plan and then a percentage of money. And um, we were talking about this before the show, like at least avoid the 10 worst gifts that are out there, which is like food, alcohol, gift cards. Like if your child wants to go download the 10 worst gifts, they go to giftologyplan.com. But like start to treat this like a game plan of any other sport or any other activity and be proactively intentional with this and make adjustments. When something doesn't work, like don't freak out. Like nobody's going to jail. Like, you know, pivot, shift, um, yeah. but commit to it and do it with, you know, not with leftover. Oh, we made money. We should probably say thank you. Like make this a true part of, of your overall, like, I want to grow my sales this much. Like how much are you going to commit to reinvesting back into your relationships? Not with like, you know, mugs filled with M&Ms. Like that's not, that's not blowing anybody away. I, I try, you know, they may say thank you out of obligation or gift guilt. But nobody's like, oh my gosh, you sent you know, me a mug for five bucks with your logo on it from China with some M&Ms. Like, like that's yes. not the ticket. Sorry. Uh, I'm laughing see? because we've all gotten so many of these gifts. Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> One of the very first steps that you're going to take when you start building that business brand or big dream that you have is going to be creating a website so other people can find you. But if you're anything like me, when I was in the early stages of building my business, I couldn't afford to hire a web developer. And I certainly did not feel tech savvy enough to do it myself. And that's where Hostinger comes in. Hostinger is renowned for its affordable and user-friendly hosting solutions. They offer a wide range of hosting options, emphasizing technological innovation and a commitment to accessibility and performance. Hostinger makes it super easy to create a meaningful online presence using cutting edge features, including an AI powered website builder that streamlines website creation and an AI assistant for WordPress aimed at enhancing the user experience with intuitive design and smart automation. So if you're anything like me and you're hitting that creator's block, or maybe you're just not super experienced at building out websites, Hostinger is for you, ideal for both beginners and seasoned web developers, empowering everyone to succeed online, regardless of their technological skill level. So make sure that if you're ready to take your business online, you visit hostinger.com slash one thing and use code one thing for 10% off a business or cloud startup plan. That's hostinger, H-O-S-T-I-N-G-E-R.com slash O-N-E-T-H-I-N-G and use code one thing for 10% off. Do you, do you see there's a, a balance between like a system where you can have consistency, kind of manage gifting at scale and personalization where you don't feel like you're a part of a system? Do you see a balance there where it's yeah. still like it feels like a genuine gift? Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's proactive and reactive. And, and the goal for us is to have foundational gifting. Like, you know, if somebody passes away, somebody, you know, like gets sick. Like those are times you can't plan for, right? Somebody has a baby. You should have a plan for those reactionary type situations. Or you find out something, hey, somebody's kid got into Harvard. 
Like send them $500 in Harvard gear, be the first one to congratulate them. Yeah. But you can't, like those are reactionary things that like, as you listen or your team listens and learns, like you should take advantage of that mm. and do something. But there might be out of, you know, let's say you have a hundred key relationships or, you know, 500 clients or whatever. You might not fear about something like that with them for years. And the goal for like to lay in more referrals and deal flow is to be like trusted and top of mind. Well, you're not going to be top of mind and engage with them mm-hmm. if, if you're only reaching out to them once every five years or you're sending them a newsletter or some digital thing that everybody does or a calendar that, come on, let's be honest, like ends up in the trash. Like, so, so there needs to be some sort of proactive plan. And so like, you know, when I, the, in the book, Cameron Harold, I wanted to get his attention. I did the Brooks Brothers. I, you know, I outfitted his room with $7,000 in Brooks Brothers clothes. That was because I knew that he loved Brooks Brothers. Well, for the next decade, I continued to pour into that relationship once a quarter, you know, to the tune of like 25 grand over the course of a decade, which people are like, dude, that's, how would you, how would you do 25 grand in one person? And I'm like, that's half the cost of an assistant. And I got Cameron as a sales rep for half the cost of an assistant for one year. He booked me seven, more than seven figures of deals. Like the ROR return on relationship was out of this world. Like I'll spend 25 grand to make a million. I don't know about you, but like that, that 50 X, it works for me. And so most people like only wait for the reactionary stuff or they do stuff that's so lame and like lazy that it's like jelly of the month club. It's like, you know, it's like <laughs> national lampoons all over again. It's like, there's a, there's a hybrid. You don't have to do $7,000 clothing experiences or whatever every single time. And you don't have to do like, you know, the jelly of the month club. There's a hybrid there of like, how do we like be proactive and scale our thoughtfulness to our top 25, our top 50, our top 100. So that it doesn't feel like marketing because you're putting thought and intention. It's coming with a handwritten note. It's not at a transactional time. It's not when you like the amount of people that want to give referral gifts. I'm like, it makes me throw up. I'm like, if you ask a a realtor, mortgage, any company, even if you're selling toilet paper, are you in the relationship business or transaction business? Even if you sell toilet paper, you're like, they're all about value and relationships. And yet, when do most people show gratitude? Hey, I sent you a referral. Here's your gift. What does that turn the relationship into? A transaction, a tit for tat. And I'm like, even, you know, they they do the math in their head, whether whether it's right or not. They're thinking like 6% or 3%. They're like, they just made 15 grand and they just sent me like a $200 bottle of wine. It feels very gross and not very like equal. Whereas if you're proactive and you take your clients and your referral partners and you don't wait for something to happen, you just reach out to them and say, thank you just for being in my corner. Thanks for being my friend. Thank you for being a partner. And they're thinking, I didn't close, I haven't closed a home with them in three years. I haven't sent them a referral. They're sending this to me on a random Tuesday in the middle of April just because they were thinking about me. Mm. What does that do? It lands so much different because it you did it intentionally because you wanted to, not because you had to. And so, yes, you need to do the, the very fun, crazy one-offs. Those are cool. Those are great stories. Those are great moments, but those are very hard to scale. So you have to have this other like foundational proactive part that reminds people that, wow, like they're not just saying thank you when they got something from me. They're actually in this. Everybody says they're in the relationship building for the long game, but most people's long game is days, not decades. But when you show up year two, year three, year four for a relationship, they're like, holy crap, these guys are for real. They are like, they are in this game. This is a lifelong relationship. That It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to like put your money and your money, you know, your time and energy where your mouth is communicate something very, very different. 
I'd love to get your perspective. I I can get into the heads of our listeners, and I and I would bet that we probably have some early entrepreneurs on here, people who are early on in building their business, who are like, well, that's great, John, but I don't have twenty five thousand dollars to spend on somebody. So, what advice would you give to someone who doesn't have that type of budget on how they can still be really impactful and give gifts and and you and use these principles to make an impact on their prospective clientele or current? Yeah. Well, I mean, I have followers and people that reach out to us that are college kids. Yeah. I mean, when I started this, you know, I was 20, 21 years old and I budgeted $500 a month, which was as a college kid, might as well have been like five hundred grand. Yeah. I mean, it was like it was a lot of money, but I was like, you know what? Like instead of buying beer in college and whatever else, I would just reprioritize and being like, I wanted to go land some whales and I was going to pay for med school, you know, come hell or high water. And I was willing to like take what a percentage of every commission I was making and and you know, reinvestment amount. So no, you don't have to start with, and I didn't start with 25 grand. And even that 25 grand was spread out over a decade. And so what I would just challenge people to do is, you know, rather than doing the shotgun approach of like, I have a hundred relationships, I have a hundred bucks, I guess I'm going to send out whatever I can get for a buck, which is what most people do, right? They take their, they take some sort of list, they divide it by whatever random number they came up with. And that even big companies do this. It's like, we made money. We got 10,000 people. We got a budget for 20 grand. Where did the 20 grand come from? I don't know. Like, just seemed like a good number. That's most people's strategy is like, it's not based upon reinvestment amounts or metrics or numbers. And so like, if you could just even make it a, like, hey, what, I'm going to take a tithe. I'm going to take 10% of what I made last year. And whether it, maybe it was 30 grand. Well, that's three grand. We'll take three grand and invest it into six of the right relationships. And instead of doing something jelly of the month club once a month, do something once or twice a year that's really like really engaged, really thoughtful, really well researched. Cause you only have six. Like you, I mean, you can get really creative with 500 bucks if you, if you have, if you put the time, energy, and effort in. And to me, like if I'm just a, a startup guy that's trying to like compete against these bigger whales, I can't outspend them. And most of our clients, by the way, are not the Fortune 50 companies. I, my clients tend to be the mid-sized companies that are like doing five, 10 million to a billion that are competing against the publicly traded companies because they can't outspend them. Yeah. They have to be more thoughtful, more unique, more memorable, and more creative. And they can't just throw the money at the Rolex and try to bribe somebody to come on board. They have, you know, they have a budget of a Seiko. And, <laughs> you know, Cassia. and I'm like, I'm like, don't be sending Seikos. That's dumb. Like you're, you're that Seiko is going to look pretty sucky, you know, compared to the Rolex. But you know, if you look like 10, 15 years ago, the reason like I think Yeti took off was most people had a 50, you know, even if you're a billionaire, you had a $50 igloo in your in your garage. Yeah. Mm. And somebody gives a $500 Yeti cooler, that's 10 times like so best in class in whatever the category is. Like that's how somebody like one of the company, one of the guys we were on this big podcast, an NBA player interviewed us, and he was an investor in um uh oh, what's the cookie? Uh, last crumb. crumb. Oh, last, last crumb. crumb. So I'm not, I'm not usually a food guy because like, A, I don't like sugar. B, like you can offend people or they're gluten-free and whatever else. But he knew I had four daughters and like none of them were gluten intolerant. So he sent me the last crumb after it was all personalized, whatever else, like $15 per cookie. It was the, the box felt like I was getting an iPad. It's, um, <laughs> and so in the cookie category, like $150, $200 box of, you know, a dozen cookies is insane. Why? And so like, 
find those areas where you can be, and I'm not even saying like it needs to be food because that's one of the things I, you know, but there's always rules to be broken, but find the area where like, you know, that you can go all in and you can take the igloo and make it a Yeti. Mm-hmm. Like don't go up one or 2% higher, find an area where you can go up a thousand percent higher, but it's within your budget to blow that person away in that category. That's why the dog bowl works. Like most people just have a normal dog bowl. You spend a hundred dollars on a dog bowl that's personalized to the to their dog, they probably don't have that. And they're like, that's more valuable than their Rolex because you took care of their inner circle and you personalized it and you gave them something they didn't even know existed and you you had it handmade. And so it, it there's, yes, it, there's energy and effort there. And, and oh, by the way, like somebody feels that when they get it and they're like, you and I, like you wouldn't climb a mountain to get this thing. Yeah. Like that communicates that they matter. And when you're young yeah. and small and nimble, that's when you have the opportunity to like take out the whales that they're like, Oh, I got too many clients. I got too many referral partners. Well, they're going to lose some of those key relationships to the young nimble person. That's thoughtful and creative, not because they're spending more money, but because they're making the other person feel taken care of. And the other person's starting to feel like a number. So I love the young hungry guy. Cause I, I grew up that way. Right. I was slinging blades, <laughs> um, but because I, I, I was willing to do the unique things. Like we became the number one rep in Cutco's history out of over 2 million reps. So what I'm talking about isn't like an academic, you know, like an academic, like, oh, this maybe works in the real world. Like, this is how we've been able to compete against multi-billion dollar companies is because I've never taken outside investment. It's always been bootstrapped. And so I, I love the, the thoughtfulness of like not having an unlimited budget gets you to be really, really thoughtful and creative. You said it earlier, it's the like effort is is recognized even subconsciously from people and so you know effort and in, it, the expense aren't always correlated so index on effort and you're probably going to be in a better place yeah if it's strategic now right. sometimes people like will run around like chickens with their heads cut off right like, it needs to be directed thoughtfully and creatively and you know most people give a gift and that what is it it's their logo if they they give steaks because they like steak they make the gift all about themselves a gift by its very nature is what? It's about the recipient. So as long as the effort is put into being like, hey, how can I land for this person or make them look like the hero to their kids or their pets or their spouse? Or and so like there is like an, you know, an element of like, yeah, you got to run through brick walls, but you need to do it like find the weakness in the wall. <laughs> like, mm. um, and and so like there is an element of strategy and effort and thoughtfulness and creativity. But here, here's what I'll say is um, if a goat milk and farm kid whose love language is not gifts can do this. Nobody has an excuse. <laughs> like, like people will reach out. I'm like, John, I've been married for 50 years. I need help. And I'm like, dude, you should have been listening for the last, like, I guarantee your spouse has been dropping hints. Like you just haven't been like, if you spent, and, and this is like, if you spent, you know, 10% on this versus your fantasy football league or whatever it is, like, like if somebody's passionate about something, they will like get really creative, really energetic and do really, really well with it. And this is one of those areas, like it's a muscle. It's like gratitude is a muscle. Like if you work it consistently, you'll become like world-class. And and some of our best ideas, like the artifact mug, I didn't invent that. The artist found me. I just was smart enough to look and be like, holy crap. I used to make fun of mugs, but if I'm going to do a mug, it's going to be this way. And now like, I won't go on a stage and speak um globally unless i'm giving away one of these crazy mugs and surprising somebody in the audience why because i know that like this is like gonna land so well and so like yeah a lot a lot of this is is uh, is effort plus strategy and follow through and consistency and 
having a three-year horizon because so many times people do this for six months and then they get distracted and they go do something else. And I'm like, relationships take a while to evolve and develop and grow. And there's a compound effect. And so don't do this for six months and move on to something else. Unless you're willing to commit to it for three years, like this isn't a shiny object to kind of try because otherwise you'll look like really generous. And then you'll look like, oh, they were just doing that as a tactic. That's not who they are. Mm. And that, and that sometimes can do more damage than good is just doing as the flavor of the month and then moving on to something else. Like, oh, they were faking that. Like that, that's not that you don't want to be that person. John, I feel like this has got to be enormous pressure for you as, as a husband or when like oh. Christmas comes around, being, <laughs> being the gift giving expert. This has got to, it's got to come with a little bit of pressure. Uh, I, I, I'd love for you to expand on in the book you talk about when you're giving gifts to spouses or kids that you, it's, it's so impactful. And yet you have to, there's some rules around that, right? You have to be a little bit cautious with it. Um, and I'd love for you to expand on that because I, I know as a, as a parent and a spouse, like those are the gifts that, delight me the most when someone's really thoughtful for something with my daughter, but I could see how it could get weird. So can you, yeah. uh, can you talk about it a little bit? Yeah. Well, this was learned in the trenches, right? Like you try things, you're like, Oh, that didn't work. Yeah. So, so I'm not judging anybody, but if you have a relationship with somebody, then their family's fair game. If you actually are in relationship with them. Um, if you don't, then you do something for somebody. If you don't have, if it's a prospect and you do something for somebody's kids, like that could land really wrong. Like it could be like stalkerish. And so like, usually if there's a relationship, you know, no, no holds barred, but typically if somebody's a public figure and you don't have a relationship then in their spouses in the, you know, the news or whatever else, like spouse is okay. Assistance. Okay. But kids totally off limits until you have established relationship. Now, sometimes people will push the envelope and it'll work. They'll do it anyway. But to me, the risk reward, I'm always looking for like, what's the, you know, the highest upside for the lowest amount of risk. Mm -hmm. And so we learned over time that like, if you're in a relationship, great. If you're not, then there's certain things you need to to filter out. Um, But to me, like, yeah, like trying to take care of just the person who you're trying to engage, the you know, the decision maker, the executive, like to me, like making them the hero to the people around their people. Like if you have a relationship, like that's game over because most people that are in business and traveling, whatever else, like. We all want to be the heroes to our kids and and uh, to our families. And most people are like, oh, this person likes bourbon. I'm like, I don't care that they like bourbon. What's their spouse like? Like, I don't even know if they're married. I'm like, well, that is, you better ask some questions. Now you got some research to do. Like, yeah, those are some, some basic, those are some basic building blocks of like just understanding like psychology and humanity. And if you don't know those, some of those basic data points, like uh, you're not doing your homework and you're going to get beat by somebody else that is. Mm. John, at the end of this podcast, we always want to know um, what is the one thing for our listeners who who are listening to this conversation, who have read the book or are going to read the book after this, um, what, what's the one thing you would want them to take away from this conversation? Yeah. Well, sometimes, it, I mean, this can be, this is a category that most people, it's like the redhead stepchild, they didn't give any two rips. Nobody, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast was thinking about gifting strategy, <laughs> right? But they, but everybody that has a brain in their head, especially like it's been in business for a while, knows relationships matter, and and it's very like um, in vogue right now to have like a gratitude journal, right? It's like, oh, I feel grateful. It's like, cool, that's great. Like gratitude's important for us, but to me, gratitude is an action, not just a feeling. Like unexpressed gratitude is just disgusting to me. Like most people are like, oh, I feel grateful for this person. I'm like, when's the last time you sent them a video or a handwritten note or? a gift or told them like how grateful you are. And they're like, uh, it's been a while. And that's for a lot of us. And so my, my one thing would be 
if relationships matter and you believe that gratitude matters, then take the next 30 days before you buy the book or do anything, write down three people that you're grateful for over the next 30 days. That'll be about a list of 100. Could be people that believed in you early on or a teacher, a mentor, whoever it is. And then go do something with the gratitude. You don't have to spend a bunch of money. It could be a handwritten note, it could be a video, it could be a gift, it could be whatever, but do some sort of action to those 100 people. I challenge you to do that for 30 days. And then based upon how you feel, which my, my guess is most people are like, oh, that felt pretty good. That, that actually, like, some, there's some tears involved or whatever else. I challenge people to do that for three years and come back to me and tell me it did not pay 10x or 100x dividends. I've never had anybody in 23 years that came back and be like, yep, I, I started taking action on gratitude for my most valuable, important relationships. And it was totally worthless. It did not pay any sort of dividends. Like, it's just not how God's wired the world. So the yeah. one thing is, show and do and take action and gratitude on those relationships and see where the chips start to fall after that. If people want to connect with you, John, where can they find you? Um, well, on the screen, that's my personal, that's not a dummy email address. John and Giftology Group um, is is a great place to start. Or they, you go on to Instagram at uh, John Rulin. Um, my name, I, you know, we post some fun stories and, and, uh, adventures there, but, uh, but those are two great places to start. Well, we're going to drop the link to your book in the comments on, for those who are listening or for those who are watching on YouTube, it'll be uh, in the comments below. And I, I just can't recommend it enough. I, you, you took me to school through the book. So thank you for that. And, and really gave me a new perspective on giving gifts and, and how to approach this. So thank you for the conversation today. Thank you for this incredible resource. And, and I could have, I could have gone on talking to you for another three hours. So hopefully you'll come back. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for what you're doing in the world. And thanks for sharing the message. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. Thanks for listening to The One Thing Podcast. If you're a bold risk taker who wants to dream big and achieve a higher level of success in your life or business, visit theonething.com. There you'll find information on -on one-on-one coaching, our exclusive community membership program, and customized workshops that will help you get your team or organization aligned and rowing in the same direction. That's T-H-E, the number one, dot com to start living the life you've always dreamed of today. Be sure to follow the show to stay up to date on weekly episodes, guest interviews, and more. Plus, we would love to hear from you. Send us a voice note by going to speakpipe.com slash the one thing or email us at podcast at the one thing.com. We'll see you next week.